John 14, 1 to 7. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Praise be to the Lord. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you. Look to the left, look to the right, look above, look below, look at all the names that are here. These are your brothers and sisters. We continue to live our lives together in one spirit. We continue to carry one another's burdens. We are quick to want to run to one another. We are quick to ask for forgiveness and to be forgiven. We live in times right now where we have access to lots and lots of information. And unfortunately in our world today, it's not good news that sells, it's bad news that sells. Anything that has conflict or anything that puts someone or something in a bad light is what sells today. And oftentimes we allow that to seep into our hearts and to see the worst in all things and even the worst in and of ourselves. It can get so oppressive that we, we start to get trapped inside of ourselves. Many people are led to depression. Many people are led to allowing their minds to, to think simply dark things all of the time. And we often say to ourselves, Jesus, come now. Jesus, come quickly. Jesus, be here today. And that is sort of a rightful response that, that we should have, that our desire should be for Jesus to come. But let not your hearts be troubled, as Jesus says here. Let not you let let not your heart be so troubled that you are overwhelmed by this world. Let me remind you of a simple truth. God knows more evil than you do at this moment. God knows the depths of each in everyone's heart and the evil that resides. God knows what's happening in each and every country, more so than the media knows. And with the Lord's knowledge of the depth of evil and the depth of sin, God's mighty hand is still at work restraining it, but also he's already spoken into it through his son, Jesus. Jesus is more 
than enough for anything that God has revealed to you. But even more than that, Jesus is more than enough than the the knowledge that God has of the sin and evil in this world. We cling to him and we cling to him alone. Today, what I would like to talk about in this series of Doctrine Matters is to talk about Jesus himself being the only way or Jesus being the only solution to the problems we have in this world. You see, for many of us, we look about the world and we see problems. And we look to the world for answers. And the world has different answers. Some will say, look to the wise. Look to the older men and women who have lived a long life. They indeed will have the answers to the troubles that beset us. But others will say, no, it's, it's, it's not the elderly. It's not the old. But it's the young. Let's look to the millennials. Let's look to the people in their 20s. It's that fresh look at reality that will save us. Still others will say, it's the men. Surely men and the way they think and the way they act, that they are the way out of this conundrum that we have in our world. And still others will say, no, it's not the men. It's the women. We need more women in leadership. We need more women who have a voice. The women will bring about salvation to us. Still others will say, no, it's the right. No, it's the left. Some will say it's technology. No, it's the arts. And we look about the world looking for answers looking for ways to bring about salvation. But Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, when we talk about this, many people in the world will see this as extremely narrow. They will see this point of view as extremely arrogant. How can you as a Christian purport to say that you have the only answer to the world around us? How can you say that you know exactly how to get to know God and how to achieve ultimate salvation? Some will say, listen, Jesus didn't say that, or the Bible doesn't teach that. But we know from Scripture here in John 14, Jesus saying again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
Peter in Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The Apostle Paul says something similar, 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Scripture is clear in teaching us that Jesus is the only way to salvation, that Jesus is the only mediator between us and God that enables us to break that broken relationship with him. Now, this isn't a sermon on apologetics. We're not going to talk about the, the differences between pluralism and relativism and what we believe as what God teaches in the Bible. I'm not going to address the question of people saying there are many different ways to heaven. I'm not going to address whether or not um, Jesus himself, um, um, uh, the, the nature of Jesus himself as the man who is the mediator. What I want to address here today is the implications of what it means that Jesus is the only way. Because today, what I want to do for all of you is to give you a, um, a bomb for your heart today. I want you who know Jesus to run to him, who is the only way. So there's two things that I would like to say to you. One, God already knows what is wrong with you. God already knows what is wrong with the world. There is no other diagnosis that needs to be found. There is no searching for other um, other elements in us, there is no um, sort of mysterious uh, illness that we have that we, we need to keep on researching. God knows what is wrong with us. And God has revealed that to us as well. I think of just living our lives here today and when we have a physical ailment and we get sick, I think one of the, the worst things about being sick is when you go to the hospital and the hospital is not able to diagnose what you have. You feel sick, you feel tired, you feel unable to, to be productive in any way. And you, you go to the doctors and you have your blood tests, you have your MRIs, you, you have every test that, that, that humanity has has invented under the sun. And yet as you keep on going, the doctors say to you, we don't know what's wrong with you. We don't know exactly what to do for you. And so you as a person who, who wants to live, what you do is you try anything and everything that is, that is uh, given to you to try to heal. You take medicines, you take homeopathic 
remedies. Uh, you go to gurus who might help you with, uh, um, with, with exercise and, and, and health issues. You, you, you see maybe if I live in a different place, you do anything and, and everything to try to see if, if this ailment will go away. And you live a life constantly trying to figure out what is wrong with me and how can I heal? Knowing here that Jesus is the only way and that Jesus is the only way to life and truth. We are given the privilege to know what ails us. And we are given the privilege to know what the remedy is. And we are given the privilege to know how to apply that remedy. The diagnosis is very simple. Adam and Eve in history had sinned against God and we were separated from him. Because of that, we ourselves live in judgment, not only because of Adam and Eve's original sin, but because we continue to sin as well. The world continues to rebel against God as well. That is the diagnostic. That is the diagnosis. And God says to us, I have provided the remedy. Because this unique problem in humanity can only be remedied in one way. And that remedy is through my son, Jesus Christ. That you who believe in him will be free from your sins. That you who believe in Jesus Christ will have every recourse, every resource available to you to fight well in this life. And so he calls upon us. There's only one way. There's only one solution. I've given it to you. You do not need to look anywhere else. You do not need to do any more research. You do not need to look for other remedies. I'm here, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. In many ways, our lives should be very simple, brothers and sisters. Our lives should be marked by us constantly looking at the difficulties of life, the difficulties of living, and running always to Jesus in prayer, supplication, and asking Jesus, Jesus, show me what it is. If there's a sin I need to repent of, teach me to, to repent. If there's someone who needs supplication, teach me to pray for them. If there's suffering that I'm experiencing, I do not understand, let me lament well, and let me lean upon you well. For you, Jesus, are the only solution 
to all things. I don't know about you, but the simple solution, the solution that works is always the best. And Jesus has given himself to us. I want to encourage you that when Jesus says, I am the only way, it's not something to confuse us or something to constrict us. It's actually something that's freeing to us. We need him, no one else. We need him and nothing else. But you know what? And here's the second point. We as human beings, we are naturally all engineers. We're all engineers. We're not scientists. We're, we're all engineers. And what I mean to say by that is engineers like to, well, what's the job of an engineer? Their job is to find solutions to a problem. And usually there are many different solutions to that one problem. What's the best way to cross a river? You ask 10 different engineers, you'll get 10 different answers. What is the, the best way to make a computer? Again, you ask 10 different engineers, you'll get 10 different answers. And they all have sort of their pluses and their minuses to it. We as God's children have this tendency not to trust our chief engineer, Jesus, but we have this natural tendency to want to engineer our own solutions to sin and sin itself. We look at Jesus and we say, Jesus, we love your solution of dying on the cross and we love your solution of, 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 uh, of giving us your righteousness. We love your solution that our sins are forgiven. But let me let us build upon that, Lord. Or let's put it aside and let's try to create another way, well, to deal with sin, to deal with suffering, to deal with relationships, to deal with, with inequity, to deal with the problems we have in this world. And we try to engineer in different ways. Those of us who are older will think of one way to fix things. Those of us from the younger generation will think of another way to fix things. Those of us on the right or on the left. Those of us who are more science-oriented or in the arts, whatever it may be. We look to engineer different paths to come to a solution of how to deal with the problem of sin and suffering. But there's something unique about the problem of sin and suffering, right? Is that no other engineered solution can solve it. But every engineered solution will always fail.
It is not those who lived a long life who have a better solution. It's not you out there who are in their 20s and, and, and see the world before you who have all the solutions. It is not you who are artists, neither you who are scientists who have any real solution. But it's Jesus and Jesus alone who has revealed to us that the solution is to know him and to be with him. Thirdly and lastly, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, what is beautiful about the Christian solution to sin and suffering is that the solution isn't a set of rules. The solution isn't as if God said to you, here are the tools, now you go and find a solution. The solution isn't, here's a handbook, decipher it, follow it as best you can. But the solution is Christ himself living amongst us. It's the person of God in the form of man who lives amongst us, who through the Holy Spirit lives with you and me. It is the joy of knowing that in the midst of suffering, in the midst of our worst moments of sinning against God, that Jesus is there with us, having accomplished salvation by taking away our sins and giving us righteousness, by being with us in the midst of our suffering and knowing that he understands our suffering. That gives us hope and gives us our personal ability to weather this any storm and to weather any influx of information that we have, that we receive online, that we receive through social media, or whatever it may be. I am always amazed when there are people, I, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always amazed at people who are simply joyful because they have their loved ones around them. You know what I mean. They could go through the hardest hardship. But if their loved one is there, someone who loves them and someone they love is there, they can get through hardship. If something terribly goes wrong in the family, as long as someone they love is there, they can get through it. God himself has placed himself in our lives. Brothers and sisters, don't forget to turn to our Lord Jesus Christ in all things. Don't make your life more complicated than it needs to be. Don't overthink, overanalyze 
and over-engineer or out-engineer yourself into finding solutions to the world around you. It truly is found in Jesus. And it's through him and him alone that allows us to tackle all the things in this world around us. Again, I know that for many of you, your hearts are heavy. I know your hearts are heavy with, with the things that are going on in the world around you, especially. There's a lot of discouragement in what you see in the world around you. And yes, we as, as children of God must do what we can in prayer and in deed to help humanity around us. But don't get discouraged to such an extent that you lose hope in Christ and hope in what God is doing. God knows all this already. In fact, again, God is keeping things from you because most likely it's a lot worse than you and I can see. But God in his wisdom and his power, he knows what he's doing. He will provide in his own wisdom and timing. He will use the church, you and me, to go forth and be his hands, to go and feed the hungry, to go and preach the good news to all. He knows what he's doing. So don't lose hope in anything. But know that Christ, the only solution, well, he's with you. Be encouraged, brothers and sisters. Set your eyes upon him and he will surely deliver. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy in all things. There is no one like you. We praise you. We ask of you, Lord Jesus, once again, to minister to each and every one of our hearts. Father, sin is complicated. Suffering is complicated. And... And Lord, there are many variations, Lord God. And the way you minister to one another is varied as well. But we know, Lord, that in the end, it comes down to just walking with you. There is no other solution anywhere else. And so, Lord, help us to engage in conversations, Lord, in a way that is helpful. But not in a way, Lord, that, that we, we put our hearts into it. Lord, put our hearts only in you and you alone. That we may, Lord, speak the truth in all things and do so in love. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.